Amen. Amen. Good evening. How are you? Great, good, dandy, awesome, free. Amen. Praise God. Well, good. I'm glad. Makes me happy. I'm, I feel like this tonight. I feel like, like, because everybody's sitting over here. I really appreciate y'all being trailblazers for this section. Thank you so much. Because you're like blazing the trail. Maybe one day they'll catch up and they'll find out how cool it is over there. Or here. <laughs> Everybody's sitting over here today. So that's all right. If I find myself preaching over there, y'all just yell amen louder. I'll come preach to y'all. So, <laughs> all right. Amen. There you see. Look, amen. Turn to Genesis 1-1, all right? So let's go ahead and look at, seriously, Genesis 1-1. So <laughs> that, let's go there. We talked on Sunday about a finished rest. And uh, did anybody enjoy that? Good. I'm glad. Our uh, archive video, was. they made some changes to uh, the core uh, programming code on our video stuff, and so we were able to broadcast, but the archives didn't show up for a few days, and they just got up in the last couple of days, and I'm glad they're back. So anyway, uh, if you haven't watched that, definitely you'll probably want to go see that. I'm going to cover the basis of it. We definitely talked about a lot more than this, but uh, in Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and it was, and it was, and it was, and it was, and that happened a lot of times until the six days were passed, and then the seventh day, he said in verse 31, God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. It was complete. It was finished. It was completed. It was finished. It was completed. It was finished. It was complete. It was finished. It was complete. It was finished. Amen. Good. I say I'll preach over here. It was complete and it was finished. And then God rested. Why did he rest? Because he was done. Because it was complete. It was finished. So the creation of the heavens and earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. Because it was complete and finished. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now I want you to see something too. It, we've talked about this before. Those who honor God, God will honor. You know, if you esteem God, God will esteem you. That's uh, 1 Samuel 2 verse 30. All those who honor me, I will honor is what God says. So um, one of the things is when God has, God has multiple things that he calls important, right? That we should do just basically anything he says. God said it, it's important, right? But then he says, there's some things that are holy, right? And he says, there's some things that are holy means sanctified, it means separated. In other words, here's everything else, these are special. In other words, these things are important to me. 
So if we love somebody, then we're going to find out more than just what uh, they're all about. We eventually want to find out what's important to you. Because whatever's important to you, if I'm going to love on you and I'm going to honor you, then I'm going to treat what you deem important, I'm going to treat it as important. So this is one of the first examples that we have where God says the Sabbath day is holy. It's separated. All right. In other words, God says it's very important. And you see it run through uh, before the law, in the law, and now after the law. The Sabbath day is very important. And the Sabbath was designed to rest in God. It wasn't designed just for us, you know, honestly, uh, just to go, you know, watch a football game. That, that wasn't, it wasn't designed just for us to uh, take a nap, you know. It wasn't designed just for us to come to church. It was a day that was designed, I actually put up a scripture a couple of weeks ago uh, on the social media stuff, from Isaiah, and uh, it was basically showing that it was a day designed to give to God. I'm, I'm glad y'all like that. It's, uh, you know, but it's designed as a day every week, one day out of the week, that you're giving to the Lord. Lord, this is your day. So, in other words, one of the things it said was you don't just carry on in business as usual. It's not a day that you try to, you know, get everything done because it's a free day in God. No, it's one of those days where you don't try to get everything done. You trust him in that day so that as you go through the next six days, he'll help you in those. And a lot of times, and, and this is just honest, a lot of times we don't take the Sabbath because we don't trust him to help us in the six. And it, so it's a matter of honor it's also a matter of faith. Okay, So the Sabbath day, he didn't just say, hey, this is an important day. He said, this is a holy day. This is separated. This is important to me. There's lots of things. Lots of things I say are good. Lots of things I say are bad. And you should pay attention to the things that I say and I do and the things that I say is good. But this is special. This is above the norm. This is above average. So if there's something in God that's above average, should we as believers who say, you're my God, and we really believe that, should we treat it as above average? Should we honor it above average? Should we esteem it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? There's a lot of people suffering and they don't have the answers that they need or the supply or the provision that they need because they haven't been honoring it, including myself, including me. The Lord's been talking to me about this, obviously, and uh, you're, you're receiving some of that too. But one of the things that he's talking to me about the most is rest, is making sure that I rest in God seven days a week in him, trusting in him, and that's what this series is about. But on, on, as a part of that, we need to really look at our Sabbath and what we're doing for him again. It's good to pick up things that are important to God and review them on a regular basis. This is part of our job and responsibility as a Christian. You know, I was thinking about this today. Um, you know, we've had a lot of revelation in the church over the last hundred years. A lot of it goes to 
uh, some awakenings, uh, revivals in the church, and then we got computers. And uh, the truth of the matter is computers have really amped up our knowledge of what that word actually says because we're able to study and search it and, and compile all these things together. And, and you can have, like, I don't, I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew, but I can tell you what a lot of those words mean because somebody's done the research that I can pull from. Okay, So in this last century, we've really uh, examined and got into a lot of revelation. But what I was thinking of was how much has actually changed even in the last you know, 20 or 30 years that I've seen in the church. And when, when I heard messages, you know, in my, in my uh, teens and, and 20s, I remember hearing messages that, you know, I would sit there and go, Amen! But as I've gone on in the Lord, I've realized that wasn't right. You know, that, that was incorrect. And so I've realized that we need to continue. There's more stuff. It, it, it's going to be really hard for us until we have glorified bodies, to pull out everything about God. And so the, the point is that no matter where you're at, or even if you feel like as far as revel, revelation goes, you are on the top of the heap. You know, I got, I'm getting more revelation than anybody. Never should we feel comfortable to say, I can stop learning, because the more we go in God, the more we're going to find out how much we didn't know. Okay. Even right now, I would say that this generation, this society, has some of the biggest and most revelation probably in all of, you know, after Christ. I, I feel like that's probably uh, the case. But the thing is, we still got so much more to go. And the truth of the matter is, we'll look back at 2015 and go, what was I thinking? You know, and the truth is, you know, I, I can't answer that question because I can't read your mind, but I, we need to look back and constantly judge ourselves and grow and not stop going after God. I see things in the Word today that I never saw, uh, you know, five years ago. And, and if we don't, if we feel like, oh, I've read that before, or let, let's put it this way, and here's the whole point about it. If you feel like you know everything there is to know about the Sabbath, you're going to be surprised when you get to heaven. And you're going to find out I didn't know everything there was to know. There was a lot more in there that I could have partook of. I could have been a partaker of, and it would have been awesome. If you like that, I, I went all King James on you, partaking. I'm feeling funny tonight. I'm glad you didn't have any jokes. I got them all. But not that one. <laughs> all right, so Genesis... Everybody's either laughing because they actually thought that was funny or they're feeling bad for me. So um, he completed his work. And, and it's, here, here's a good thing to always look at with Jesus and with the Father. If it was important enough for God, Jesus, to do, it surely is important enough for you to do and me to do. We definitely need that. So if God himself got to the end of his first work week on the earth and said, I need to rest. For whatever reasons it is, we surely should follow suit. Surely we should say, okay, I need to rest. Well, and see, what I want you to understand is what we're going to pull out of here is that we are in a constant rest in God if we'll understand that. You have the rest each week 
which is kind of like a physical rest uh, and trusting in God, a faith rest once a week in God to take that time. But we also are in as soon as Jesus came up out of that grave and all power and authority was given to him and everything that he did was complete and finished, we are in a rest, a period, a state of a Sabbath rest in God that started when he was on that cross. And so we need to understand that everything we do, we can do it in a restful state. A restful state of mind, a restful spiritual place, understanding that I labor not anymore for anything that I'm doing. I'm not to toil over anything. I am to find my rest in God no matter what the situation. Nothing. Nothing. Nicole and I have been talking about how when, you know, things come up and, and things that are going on in our life and we're presented with bad news or bad situations, how much we need to completely say, I could care less. Yeah. We had a situation um, recently, uh, several of them actually, where, it, where things came up. And, but one recently we got to see where there was a situation came up and everybody uh, involved seemed like was just frenzied. You know, just... And we were sitting back like... Uh, I don't care. Um, okay. All right. And you know what? All that frenziness basically led to nothing but frenziness. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas we were sitting back going, okay, that's great. Now, that's not us being, um, um, what's the word? Lackadaisical. That's, that's close. Yeah. That's not us being uh, lazy in that. That's the best thing that we could do because we trusted the hand of God. We had already heard from the Lord and we had sought direction from God. And so when we moved into it, we already knew what we were supposed to do. And it basically had to do with sit back and relax and don't worry about it. So we already knew what we were supposed to do. So we had no frenzy, no stress, no anything because we walked in and lived in a state of rest in the things of God. So, God rested because his work was finished. Jesus then came on behalf of mankind, on behalf of all of mankind, and completed the work we needed to do. Whatever there was to be accomplished, Jesus already accomplished it. In John 19.30, he said, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. And when he said it was finished, that's it. It's done. You know, God said, let there be, let there be, let there be, and it was done. And on behalf of God the Father, Jesus said, it's finished. And let me tell you, it was finished. That was the end of it. Whether we recognize it or not, he put a period there in the spirit, and it's, it's still there. It is still finished today. Amen. We now live in a Sabbath rest because the work has been finished. And so if you have any uh, toil or any worry, anxiety, fear in your life, it, that should be a symptom of something that you're not receiving rest in. 
any anything you should use that as a uh, you know like a temperature gauge on the health of your rest so in other words your temperature starts you know spiking in fear worry anxiety toil you know you know, you got to go make it and earn it yourself that's toil you got to scratch out a living that's toil that should be a temperature gauge anytime you recognize one of those you all go whoa I'm missing rest in something because it's finished. I'm missing, I'm missing it somewhere. So you use these things, you know, against the devil. You use these things against the flesh. What? Where is that? Recognize. I've I've said this for years. Recognize the emotion of fear. Learn to recognize that emotion. Learn to recognize the emotion of worry and anxiety. Learn to recognize toil. You know. Uh, a lot of times I, I'll, I'm starting to recognize that one better. I wasn't always good at it. I'm starting to recognize it better. But when I start feeling worn, I recognize I've been toiling over something. I've been trying to do it myself. You know, I've been trying to work it all out on Brian's strength and not God's strength. And so what am I doing then? I'm not entering that rest. And it isn't that you don't have stuff to do. You do have things to do. But the question is, are you taking the pressure of it, or are you simply being obedient to God? You know? Have, have you ever, um, I, I know this from an entrepreneurial per- perspective, um, if you've ever experienced, you know, like a, uh, you know, working hours per week job where somebody tells you what to do, and it's, uh, you know, maybe the job is simple, maybe it's not, but it's one of those jobs where if you start messing up, somebody's going to tell you what to do, right? Uh, if you've ever been in a job like that, uh, and then you move to a job where you're the boss, right? And you've got to think about all the problems that could be happening and figure that stuff out and everything. Here's, here's one of the things that you notice. Man, when somebody told me what to do, sometimes that feels a lot easier, you know, I'd, I kind of like that. I'd like the simplicity of somebody just saying, don't put it to the left, put it to the right. Oh, okay. You know, and then life is simple, you know. Well, this is the exact same way that we can walk in God. We don't have to be concerned with whether we put stuff to the left or to the right. We just hear from him, do what he says. We got no pressure. We just be obedient. We just show up in faith to rest in God. That's it. That's this walk of God. Now, do we have things to go through? And do we have things to be obedient to? And, and would the world look at them and say, that's hard? Though, yes, you're going to face things that the world says is hard, but in Christ, it's easy. He's my daddy. He, he, he's my friend. He loves me. He's gonna, if I'm being obedient, he's going to take care of me. I just got to listen. I got to hear from him and be obedient. And this is a place of rest. If you can see it like that, all of a sudden, what your ability to hear from him becomes very important, and your ability to rest in him in faith becomes incredibly important because I don't have to worry about what's right and what's wrong. I just need to hear from him. I don't have to worry about will I have it or won't I have it. I have the resources and the means. I just need to hear from him. And if I've heard from him, easy peasy. Simple stuff. 
So the body of Christ has a full rest available if they will take it through Jesus. Now see, I would have a lot of religious people argue with me and say, well, if I had a rest, then why haven't I had it in my life? And the answer to that is because you haven't employed it. You know, it's been there the whole time. Ever since Jesus said it's finished. The rest has been available. But we're coming into Revelation, particularly in this time, that says, oh, there's a rest available? Praise God, I needed that. I've been looking for that. And now we just simply do a change of how we do life, and all of a sudden, we step right into that rest. It's not just talking about salvation. It, salvation brings it, that rest is a part of the salvation of God. It's a part of it. There's no more toil in salvation. But why? Because a toil was a part of the curse, and we are redeemed from the curse. So we're not toiling anymore. We're resting in him, which simply means I'm just obedient. It's like, um, uh, it's like the chairs that you're sitting on. Most of you have heard that story, but basically uh, we had a whole bunch of metal cheer- chairs that somebody had told us we could use when we moved into this building. Somebody wanted to buy some folding chairs with a little bit of padding, about that much on them, and uh, they were going to buy them. But, and we could have said, oh, yes, go buy them. That'd be awesome. And we thought it was an awesome idea and that they wanted to do it. But inside, the easy, the rest, hearing from God, we heard, no, don't do that yet. Well, we need chairs. Somebody wants to buy chairs. You know, somebody, I, and you've got to learn how to balance and hear from God because somebody would use this. Well, you know, they'll tell you the story about the person who was, you know, dying, getting ready to die because the flood and the waters were rising and, and somebody came by in, in their, you know, galoshers and then uh, they went and then they came by in a boat and then they came by in a helicopter and God said, I sent, you know, somebody that could, you know, what was the first one? It's not galoshers. What is it? No, not the waiters. Uh, they sent them in a boat. They, they sent three things. He's like, well, I sent three. Oh, it just sent somebody to warn them that the flood was coming. Then the waters start to rise, and they, somebody comes by in a boat, and then somebody comes by in a, in a uh, helicopter, and all three times they go, well, if God wants to save me, he will. And they die and go to heaven, and he says, well, uh, God, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent somebody to warn you in a boat and in a helicopter. Why didn't you get on one of those? So there's, there is that side of things, but like with these chairs, we need chairs. Somebody wants to buy chairs, you would say, hey, that was your boat and helicopter. Why didn't you jump on that? Because inside, on the easy, in the rest, in the rest that God wants for you, which is his best, God said no. Well, that doesn't make logical sense. But there's a rest of God. I don't have to be concerned. Do I have to be concerned about when we'll get offered chairs again? Do I have to be concerned with, hey, there's three more weeks of sitting on hard folding metal chairs? I don't have to be concerned with that. I just need to hear from God. And so then God said no. We said no. The next thing, somebody offered some chairs. They weren't quite as nice as these. But uh, they offered them uh, for a price less than the folding chairs with a little bit of padding. They were much nicer chairs. And there were a hundred of them. And, uh, and we were like, and somebody offered to pay for those. And we went, 
we're about to get us some good chairs. And the Holy Spirit in that rest said, no. That doesn't make sense. Need chairs? Got chairs? No. I don't get it, Lord. I don't understand. Well, it wasn't two weeks later. I get a phone call from a pastor friend of mine in Charlotte. Hey, I got 200 chairs, uh, and it was for less than the price than all the other ones. And the Lord said, inside, easy and rest, no toil. Inside, the Holy Spirit says, yes, take that deal. Somebody offered to pay for those. Praise God. Now, we got the best chairs, more of them, for a lower price. Easy and rest. And then when we get ready to go pick them up, and we're lining up to pick them up, uh, they said, you know what? The Lord told me not to charge you for them. We're going to give them to you. So now we got the best chairs, more of them, and we got the best price. Nothing. Free. Easy. Rest. No toil. Nobody had to work extra to get those. We just had to listen, have faith, and be obedient. That's the rest of God. It's a great example of it. The body of Christ has a full rest available if they will take it through Jesus. I, I like asking this question. How important is it to start hearing from God? How important is it to tune in to what he's saying? Man, he will put you in the right place at the right time, and he will bless you bountifully if you'll just learn how to listen to him. And sometimes our logic says, Lord, this does not make sense. Need chairs? Got chairs? Somebody pray for them. Why aren't you putting these together? And we have to trust him. Sometimes, you know, I've heard this over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, Brian, you're one of the best preachers I've ever heard. Why is this place not huge? I don't know, and I don't really care. I'm just being obedient. God's got reasons, he's, and he's got purposes. And, and in rest, I'm okay with that. If I was out of rest, I could go, oh my gosh, why aren't we doing it? Is it, is it the music? Is it the lights? Is it the, uh, I don't know. That would be out of rest. I don't have to worry about that stuff. I just have to listen. Who's laughing? I like it. <laughs> I'm going to preach over here because they were laughing. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, we have to make sure so that we stay in rest. There's a rest. Hebrews 4, verse 1, says, Therefore, let us fear. Now, God says, fear not. So this word here means reverence. Let us have deep reverence for this thought. Let us have deep uh, reverence for this idea. Therefore, let us reverence while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. In other words, if there's a promise for rest, let us apply some deep esteem to make sure we enter that rest. So, just on what we've said so far, talking about the Sabbath, there's a rest on the Sabbath. We should have a deep, talking about the day of the week, we should have a deep esteem and reverence to take that. Now, talking about living in a place of rest because Jesus finished it all, before we go any further, your, your idea and your thought about taking rest in God should have just, you know, boop, 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 jumped up a few levels. Okay? You should be looking at this differently already, just in the last 20 minutes. We should be esteeming it differently. You should go out tomorrow and you should be thinking about, 
I ain't supposed to toil. I'm not. I'm supposed to be in rest. I'm not supposed to fear and anxiety and worry and stress. I'm supposed to rest. You should be looking at it differently. And, and you should allow that to continue to grow inside of you. I'm not saying you're lazy, you sit at home, you do nothing but sit around, read your Bible, pray and worship. Uh, actually, that's not really worship because that's not obedience. You have a job to do while you're here. I'm saying that rest simply hears from God and then is obedient to do that. If we were supposed to sit at home, pray, uh, and be so holy in our house and never go do anything and never work, we'd have seen Jesus do that too. But he didn't. He went out and he did something because he heard from the Lord and was obedient. And he was our example. That's a good point. Verse 2. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. In other words... You could take this message that you're hearing tonight and not put faith with it, and it does no good for you. You can hear about rest 20,000 times, never put faith with it, you'll never enter the rest. And faith doesn't just mean, oh yes, I believe that. Amen. It doesn't just mean that. Faith without works is dead. In other words, your actions should be changing on this. Yeah, I have people multiple times that have gotten frustrated with me because we need to come up with an answer and we haven't heard anything from God yet and so we didn't answer. And they're like, don't you know I need an answer on this thing? I need it now. It's important. Well, if it's that important, God would have gotten louder. <laughs> He'd have got my attention. If it's that important, maybe it's just important in your head. Yeah. That's good. Maybe. That's good. And, and maybe that's where the pressure is, all in your head. It's like we talked about the Israelites on Sunday. All the pressure was in their head on stuff that was not true. And they were weeping and wailing and talking about how they're going to die. And yet, all that was untrue. It was all fabrication. And they were under a pressure that was not real. Was not there. And so, a lot of times, the Lord... It, here's, here's my thing. This really hit me a few years ago, and most of you have heard me say it uh, before. But here's the thing. God is big enough to get loud and get my attention. If my heart is just pointed in the general direction of Him, he can get my attention. Even if I'm missing it, I believe that he's merciful enough to help me when I'm missing it. Now that doesn't mean I can just walk through life blind you know, and never pay attention to God because he'll get my attention if he needs it. That's not what I'm saying. I said if my direction is just generally in his direction, he's going to love on me and help me. There he goes a minute. And you see that? They got away. Life came in that. I'd eat that if I were you. <laughs> that was awesome. I turn around and there goes the mint. Zoom. He wanted to come to the altar, get him born again. Somebody pray over that thing. 
That's funny. Where in the world was I before I saw the mint rolling down? <laughs> that was great. I was, in, I was resting. I'm resting right now. I gotta be. Yeah. If my yes, thank you, thank you, Deb. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> so, if our heart is in the general direction of God, He's going to get you know loud enough, you know. In other words, I trust him in that. And, and so here's the point. Let's say along the timeline, right here when I reach this podium, I need an answer, right? Well, let's say that from here to there is a year. And I go, I mean, 11 months and 28 days, and we're right up on a year, I... Do I have to have heard anything yet? But man, what is it about the flesh that when we get like a quarter of the way into the... I ain't heard anything yet, God. Uh, I, uh, come on now, I need, I need an answer. Come on, come on. And then we go in about half the year. Come on, Lord, I, I need an answer. Come on. And, and we're not trusting God at all. I, that, that doesn't make any difference. He can tell me on the last second of that year, right when I need it. If my heart is towards Him and I've asked Him for wisdom in faith, I'm receiving wisdom. Period. Because there's a rest of God. Because it's finished. It's finished. It's finished. So I can trust on Him. It look, if He answers me at just the right moment, and, and, and again, is He going to answer you any other time? Then what are we worried about? What are we worried about? He's going to answer you at just the right... He knows how to get your attention. He knows how to push your buttons and help you move into the right place. If you just keep your eyes and your heart towards Him, He'll lead you exactly where He wants to go. Any Now look, any stress, worry, pressure, anything, toil that I would have experienced anywhere along the line in that period of time up till the moment that he answered me, wasted. Completely wasted energy. And the truth of the matter is that pressure, stress, toil, fear, worry, anxiety may actually be the thing that causes me to miss his work. And so when I'm bringing a stress, worry, anxiety, pressure into my own life, I'm actually uh, causing myself to miss it. But if I'll take my rest in God, take my rest in the heart of a loving Father, I can walk right up to that moment with confidence. Matter of fact, if I want to, I can, I can pick up speed and be like, see if you can get your answer to me before I need it. You know, And, and he's still going to get it to me because it's who he is. Because it's what Jesus has done. We need to find that rest in Him and, and live that way. Verse 3, For we who have believed enter that rest, just as He has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, He was talking about the Israelites uh, before Jesus, and they had, what had they done? They had heard the good things of God and had chosen not to believe. And they weren't able to enter the rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. 
For he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again fixes a certain today, through, saying through David, after so long a time, just as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Alright, so basically what all that said was, there still remains a rest today. The ones that the Israelites missed in the desert was not the only one he was talking about. There was a bigger rest coming that was going to be available for everybody to enter, not just on one day a week, but not just when they got into the promised land, but there's a bigger and greater spiritual promised land in Christ. And when his works were finished in Christ, that rest became available, that promised land, that fullness of salvation became available to anyone who would apply faith to the rest that Jesus has provided. That's what it's saying. And then he says, so when you hear about this rest, now this is not, this is talking about salvation, but it's not just talking about salvation. It's also talking about the promises of God. The rest of God is in specifically what it's talking about is today there's a rest for you. And, and you look at it like this. Let's say it was just talking about salvation. Well, when you, when you receive salvation, what did Jesus come for? We were talking about this some. Did he just come to forgive you of your sins? No, he forgave you of your sins so that he could get to you eternal life. And then Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is eternal life that you know have an intimate relationship and fellowship with the Father, that you know God and His Son, Jesus Christ. So, in other words, it is your relationship with God through the salvation bought by Jesus Christ that affords you that rest. Is it just in the future, in heaven? No, it says eternal life. In other words, as soon as you received Christ, you stepped into it. And your past was made right. What you didn't have and how you messed it all up before now is made right in Him like it never happened. Let me go so far as to say this. Like Adam and Eve never happened. They walked in a rest in the garden. That was where the curse came in. And that is where God said, you're redeemed too. Like none of that ever happened. But see, if the devil can convince you that yes, you're in Christ, but still, there's sin in this world and you're such a sinful person and you deserve to have some of the bad stuff that happens to you. You know you do. You know, uh, you, know, you, know you still make mistakes today. You try to do good. I, I get it. But you still make mistakes. If he can convince you of that, then you'll believe that instead of the fact that you're redeemed and it's finished and you won't have their rest. And you won't walk in rest. And doesn't the devil do a good job 
of teaching us and raising us up in this world. But doesn't Christ do a better job of bringing us to new revelation that shows this? Yes, he does. If we will simply be obedient to go after him, point our direction towards him, he will put truth in front of you. We're going to look, I believe we're going to look back and and we will have missed stuff that was like huge boulders that we completely tripped over and it was a big truth of God right in our right in our past and we completely missed it because our eyes were focused on what this world's deception has taught us. Or we, or I, or we completely missed it because we were working so hard. We were toiling. Man, if I don't go get three and four jobs, I'm just not going to have what I need to have. And i got to support my family. God, God likes it when you support your family. He likes it when you move in love. And love is when you're obedient. And three or four jobs, I get that in a way, but that's not really obedience probably. That's probably you trying to fulfill your own needs and probably you trying to toil. I'm not saying that people don't have seasons. I've had seasons where God said, go get another job. You have seasons of that, but that's not normal. And if that has been your normal, then you should start believing God for rest. You should start applying faith towards, Lord, show me a way to stop having to do this so I can give you and my family the time that you deserve. You know, every single one of us in here, not just this church, but every church, we ought to be believing God for more money and more time. For what reason? So that you can go on vacation more? No, no, so that we can be more about the Father's business. You know, I, I could use some guys in here throughout the day that didn't have nothing better to do but to build the kingdom of God. I could use more ladies in here that had nothing to do but build the kingdom of God because they applied faith to their life and got to the point where, hey, I got plenty of money and plenty of time. Lord, put me to work. What if, what if we did that kind of stuff? Well, who says it's not available? God doesn't say that. He's looking for people that just believe Him in that kind of way. What kind of things could we do if we had a people that would give themselves to those kind of thoughts and ideas and that kind of faith and that kind of rest? It would be pretty awesome. You know, I... um, I, have, I generally have a lot going on and a lot to do, but one of the things that I do have right now generally is some flexibility. I can move things around if need be. You know, once I set appointments, I generally don't, and I generally don't try to, but before they get set, I generally have a decent amount of flexibility. Even though there's a lot to get done, I can shift things and move things. But that didn't just happen. I can remember 10, 15 years ago, the Lord telling me to start believing God for that. And I started applying faith and believing God for those things, and now we're living in it. Right now, we're believing God for for Nicole to have a little bit more freedom because she's she's been going at it hard for quite quite a long time, and we're believing God for rest in the hours that she has to do stuff. She needs that. Well... Y'all pray with me, agree with me, but don't just agree for us, agree for yourself. Agree for yourself. You know, agree, you know, agree for more productivity in the kingdom of God. Agree that you can have do that and be more productive and have more rest. 
This is things that we need to be believing for. Why, why stop just where you're at? You're supposed to be living in overflow. <clears throat> Verse 4, or excuse me, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So it's very important for us to not harden our hearts when we hear the word preached. It's very important for us to, in other words, let me, let me give you something here in this verse, because this is one of the most important verses in here. Again, he again fixes a certain day today. You know, what, what day is rest for um, today? You know, and, and, and tomorrow, guess what? It'll be today. And uh, the next day it'll be today. All right? So every day you're in is going to be today. It's going to be rest. He's got rest for you every day. This is not just talking about heaven. It's not just talking about salvation alone. It's talking about living in a Sabbath rest of God where I can live in the promises and the work that Jesus already done when he said it's finished. I can live in that place. So here's the thing. Now, it says... Uh, today, through David, after so long a time, just has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, the problem with people walking in problems and not in rest and in toil, I would say, uh, you know, if people are not in their rest, 100% of the people that aren't in their rest, I would say uh, 90, 95% fall into this category as why they're not in rest. And it is, they hadn't heard. They hadn't heard that it's available. Either one, they hadn't heard preaching, talking about this. You know? For example, how many people have heard preaching about this you know, outside at another church outside of this that you used to go to? One, two. All right? So, and, and, that, and that's probably, that percentage is probably high for this room, okay? So in other words, in an average, in an average that's probably one, one person and a size of 40 people, you know, 30, 40 people. Well, that means this isn't being preached, and so they're not walking in rest because they've never heard it. They didn't know it was out there. Now, that's not just the preacher's fault. They never read it either. So it's, you know, it's not just the preacher's fault. But in our American society, this really hadn't been being preached. And so the reason they're not walking in, in rest is because they didn't hear it to listen to. Now, the other part of it is, out of that, out of that 90%, I would say that probably uh, 30 to 40% of that, they're not hearing about the rest because they come to church thinking, I've heard this message before. And so God's actually challenging them, wanting to open up their heart, but they're sitting there going, oh yeah, I know this. And so when the Holy Spirit's wanting to do something and work on their heart and plant something new in their heart, they've hardened their heart because they know it. They've heard that before. Oh yeah, I've heard this message. I've heard Brian talk about rest before. And so what's happening is they're, not, they're hearing it in their physical ears, but they're not hearing it in their spiritual ears because they're closed down because they think that they've got all the revelation that God has on rest, and they're not really listening. Or when they hear it, 
they're not choosing to make a change based on it. And so what they're doing is, again, they're doing the exact same thing the Israelites did. They're not coupling faith with what's heard. And so are they going to enter into rest? Nope. We need people that not only hear this, but we need people that will actually walk in it. So number one, we need to have this kind of message preached. Number two, you need to have hearts that are open to receive it no matter how many times you've heard it. And number three, when you have heard it and God's planted that seed, you need to start making changes based off of it. Now, I can tell you, uh, this is something personally that the Lord's been dealing with me. I, you know, most of the time I don't come up here and just you know, tell you something that I'm working on. And that's not generally what I preach. This happens to be something right now God is really working on me on. And he's worked on me on this before. So I can tell you about 10 years ago, uh, God was talking to me about rest. And we really started walking in a revelation of rest. You hear Nicole talking about finances. She had to find that place of rest because she was having ulcers all the time. and, And she couldn't keep food down or anything else. And she had to find a place of rest in her finances. Well, I had to find a place of rest and in my life. I needed to. There was one point where I was working. I wasn't esteeming the Sabbath. I wasn't esteeming his rest. I thought it all, you know, all the weight of it fell on me. And this is after I'm you know, preaching, before we had boomerang. But, I mean, I've been preaching for a while. And I got to the point where I could work two days a week. And then I was done. I was so beat. I was done. And why? Because I accepted all the weight. And he, I knew about rest, but I was still doing it in my life, taking all the weight on me, all the care, all the anxiety. And I really had to uh, push that away. So that was probably eight or nine years ago. And I had to enter a place of rest. And when I did, oh my gracious, it was awesome. It was so good. And I remember one specific day, maybe you've heard me say this, I was sitting in my office at home. I had a list that was about a day and a half long and uh, maybe two days long of stuff that needed done today. And uh, I'm in there in the middle of the afternoon and the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and says, go lay down and take a nap. I'm like, Lord, do you not know how long my list is? He's like, I said, go lay down and take a nap. And I was like, oh, He's teaching me how to rest. And so, he said, now don't go lay down and start thinking about how you're going to solve all this when you get up. Go rest. Forget about it. You know, read something else. Read, read my word to go to sleep. There's a novel idea. You know, <laughs> and, and so, I just went to sleep. And I think I slept for a couple hours. I could have slept for a lot longer because I'd been carrying all the weight of it. And so I woke up, and that day I didn't get everything done, but I got about one and a half times more than I would have. And the next day I got more done and everything. And, but I just thought it was so illogical for the Lord to tell me to go lay down when I had so much to do. But what I needed, I didn't need to get it all done. I needed to operate in a place of rest. It was my attitude and my heart that needed changing. That was a major, I remember that day. It was, it was a major point in my change of thinking. And so in rest, he's taught me this before. But what's come up recently is that I have allowed some things to come back in over that period of eight or nine years. So I need to reevaluate that, rejudge myself on rest. 
And there's new revelations of rest that he wants to take me to beyond where I was before because there's that much stuff in him. And so we got to recognize that these are things that we should always be growing in and moving in, not just a one-time thing, but always be moving in these things. You know, one, one of the things that we need to do there is we need to apply faith. This is, as we, as we wrap up, one of the things that God wants us to get to is um, he doesn't just want us to have a combination, you know, of how we get to something. He doesn't just want us to figure out, well, if I do this and then this and then this and then this, then it'll work. Well, you're still taking care. You're still applying toil in that to try and, all right, well, you know, it, it's like, okay, I'm going to rest now, so let me make a list. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rest, and you rest in your list and not in God. Apparently, I hit a button, <laughs> and so you rest in something logical and physical, but still not in God. This is a big point. What he wants us to get to is when we harden our hearts, we don't make a change, we don't apply faith. We're not committing works to what we believe. Well, what he wants us to get to is an attitude and a way of life. A way of life, not just a formula. You know, uh, we've um, a lot of times, like in word of faith circles that I, I've grown up in, a lot of times they'll get to the place where they're out of faith because they're turning everything into a formula instead of resting in faith in God. I just It's more important that you know the heart of God than it is the formula. If you do not operate in love, you do not know love, you don't do love, it's because you don't know God. You don't know love. It's more God's grace is there. And so what they do is they take legalism on themselves trying to get into the rest of God, trying to figure out a formula. It's not a payment. Jesus already made one. Yours is never going to be bigger. Yours is never going to be greater than the payment He's already finished. And so it's not a list. It's a way of life. I want to get to the place where I never harden my heart towards God. I want to get to the place where I never forget the rest of God. I want to get to the place where I never have a lack of trust in Him. It's not just something I do in that moment. It's the way that I live. It's how I think. It's how I, I don't just know Him in my head. I know Him in my heart who He is. So rest is more than just figuring out I do this, 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 and this. Rest is, I know who He is. He's my loving Daddy. And He wants you to be in a stress-free, easy, burden-light life. Overflowing. And that's the rest of God. So I just, I, you know, I just, uh, I want to pray for you real quickly. I'm just going to buzz through real quick and, and, um, let me just pray. Y'all, just, just right now, take the time to just close your eyes, you and God, and just say, Lord, I believe and I receive your rest right now. 
And as I pray over you, you just receive that right now. Not from my hand, but just if you can imagine the Holy Spirit just ministering rest to you through me. It's not me, it's Him. Just rest be in Jesus' name. Let your anointing, Father, be in Jesus' name. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Rest be in Jesus' name. Thank you for your rest. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest be. Thank you, Father. Rest be. Lord, we believe that. We receive that by faith. We receive rest right now. This is not something we're waiting on. Lord, right now, we believe it. We receive it. We're praying for it. We have it in you. We have rest. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest be. Thank you, Father. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest be in Jesus' Rest be in Jesus' name. Yes, thank you, Lord. Rest be. Yeah. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest of God be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You know, I can tell you, amen. I can tell you, um, just over the last couple of weeks, I've been meditating on rest. And, and I can tell you already, I'm feeling the relief of it, you know. And I wouldn't say that I was carrying a ton of it, you know. I didn't even, if I did, I didn't even recognize it, but it was enough. Any bit of it, any bit of stress or pressure, that's more than you should have. And just as I've, I've just started to meditate on who God is and the rest that he wants to give me, I've already, just in, in a couple of weeks, really started to feel some really miraculous rest in him. And, and hey, everything's going to be all right, you know. And it is. It's already all right. It's already all right. So whatever you got, whatever you have online, rest be. And it is right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great night.